Hello, this is Khalid Ali, the editor for Screening Room, which is the film section in Medical Humanities Journal. I'm very pleased and honored to have Dr. James uh, Rosica, um, the co-writer of one of the best films I've seen uh, last year, 2015, at the Dubai International Film Festival, Waiting. Uh, it's a great film that I've watched, and uh, I'm here to introduce and speak to uh, James, who will tell us more about himself and the film. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, not sure what I'd say if I have to describe myself. So I'm an anaesthetist. Um, I work uh, part-time, uh, two days a week. And then I've been writing feature films since 2007, uh, after going to film school in London. So um, Anu, the director of Waiting, and I have worked together since 2007. We've written, we were trying to add it up earlier, about six feature films together now. And Waiting is the first one that we wrote together, um, which has actually gone into production. So it's, you know, it's very exciting to have made it all the way through the journey for, for one picture uh, and to get something out the other end. Um, Jim, can you tell us more about Waiting, the... The story about two uh, people connecting in tragedy, I think, when their spouses are both in, in coma in hospital. It, tell me a bit about the film. Did you start with the themes in mind or the story unfolded? Uh, tell us a bit about that. I suppose it's a film about... I hesitate to say this, it's a film about isolation and confronting death. Uh, which makes it sound like a really, really sort of depressing, sad film. And there are some funny bits in it as well, so it's not... It's not purely just about um, these very uh, sobering subjects. Um, the film kind of evolved from sort of personal experience that Anu and I both had being on the receiving end of, of medical care or, or uh, people that we cared about having medical care. And I, I can remember the first day that we talked about the possibility of these things that we discussed turning into a film. Uh, Anu phoned me up and... Um, the way I think a film director's mind works often is in terms, of, in terms of scenes. So she thinks about scenes and she phoned me up with this idea for a scene about a woman whose husband or loved one is in a coma in a hospital somewhere and has been in a coma for a while and um, she doesn't know what to do with herself and you can only uh, cry and break down and stare wistfully out of the window for so long and eventually you've got to find something to eat and you've got to... You know, go to sleep and you've got to change your clothes and after a while these little kind of increments of day-to-day -day life go on so the idea for her scene was that um, the woman had been waiting in the hospital for weeks and weeks and eventually she looks at her toenails and she thinks I've got to get my nails done this is just terrible so she goes to get her nails done and while her nails done that's when the husband's family all turn up and they all say well I, 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 your husband's in a coma and you're getting your nails done how superficial are you uh, and she thought this was like you know a really good idea for a scene, and for a long time that scene was in the film, and in the end we can we cut it out. Uh, but that was like our entry point into the film. So the film is about um, this young woman uh, whose husband is involved in a road traffic accident about nine hundred miles from home. Um, he gets a serious brain injury, and he's uh, in uh, neuro ITU, ventilated. She goes out to see him. And she has no friends or family out there. She's very isolated. Um, so she's just sitting in the waiting room on her own. And in the waiting room, there's an elderly man whose wife has been on a ventilator for some months, who is also very socially isolated and has no friends, has no family. And so the two of them kind of connect up. And they're like the only two people who really understand what each other are going through. 
And so, you know, they have like a little mini adventure and they um, sort of help each other to come to terms with the changes that they're facing. And that's what evolved into the, the film. So it started out with a simple idea for a scene, which then didn't end up in the final film. But it, it was a way into writing about these two characters. I'm, I'm pleased that it, it, you, you made this film because I, uh, having watched it, uh, I thought it, it tackles a lot of uh, important um, areas, important themes, the doctor-patient relationship, the empathy, um, the professional detachment uh, that... Uh, doctors should have uh, between their patients and families um, uncertainty of prognosis in intubated ventilated patients in, in ITU and, and with your background as an anaesthetist you come across these situations a lot of the time so uh, t- tell me about the, these themes uh, or different ones uh, that you wanted to highlight or to share with the audience It's a bit of a truism. People often sort of say, oh, death is a a process and not an event. And that's sort of at the heart of the film, really, that it's a film about two people dying. And you don't know very much about the two characters who are dying. You see everything through the perspective of their loved ones who are nearby. And uh, one of the things we wanted to explore was the the way that... um, Often in drama and in, in films, you know, death is something that's very neat and it's something which happens and it cuts off a timeline and it removes a character from the screen um, and the story moves on. Whereas you know, we know from personal experience, from professional experience, that it's very rarely neat like that. And actually, you know, death is something which goes on for sometimes for months or years. And um, having to cope with these changes over a long period rather than a short period, it's very ripe for drama. I think it says a lot about um, about what it's like to love somebody and to lose somebody and to to confront what life will be like without them um, after they go. But we, and we also wanted to talk a little bit about the the angle from the doctor's point of view as well. So there's a um, a surgeon, a neurosurgeon, who's one of the central characters in the film. And originally he was there just to provide a bit of a a brick wall for the characters to bash themselves up against. Um, but the further we got into the writing, the more sympathetic he became. There was a a while when he had his own big subplot and he had his own kind of family health crisis, um, which sort of mirrored and inverted the crisis that the main characters were going through. But after a while, that that was all shot, but it ended up being cut out because it diverted attention away from what the the central kind of core of the film was about. And so you end up with um, this character who is sort of written to be a bit of an obstruction. I think actually... I think he's ended up being quite a rounded character that I hope doctors will sort of recognise. Indeed, I did identify, you know, with the dilemmas that this uh, neurosurgeon was going through as a stroke consultant. I I have gone through similar situations, end-of-life decisions, um, feeding decisions, uh, best interest decisions in major surgery when the patient, um, him or herself, cannot be a part of that uh, discussion conversation. I related again to the apprenticeship in medicine, that relationship between the neurosurgeon and his trainee surgeon. Uh, Very funny scenes in that. And again, the fact that doctors have private lives too, and they're not just uh, only hospital doctors. There's there's a scene between the the surgical consultant and his most junior trainee where he tries to explain how to break bad news. And the scene is based on... Many conversations I've had with other doctors where people try to explain the best way to break bad news and everyone's got their own little formula. And sometimes they seem to work and sometimes they don't. And 
you know, I've worked with people who've got very peculiar ways of trying to break bad news. Um, and that's a lot of what medical training is about, isn't it? That you, you see how lots of people do it and you try and cherry pick the best of what you get from them and try and discard the worst of what you get from them. Um, and the trainee doctor um, ends up being kind of you know, very nervous and anxious about everything that he does, which, I, again, I think is... is um, We've all been there. Exactly. We have all been there, haven't we? And so it's, you know, it's quite nice to see a doctor on screen who isn't George Clooney, who, just, who doesn't, just doesn't have that kind of super competency gene. Somebody who's actually you know, a bit worried and you know, a little bit wet and not completely sure what to do. And um, the final scene I think he has in the film, he's, he's, he's completely honest with the, with the wife in the film. And, and he reaches the end of the scene and really thinks that he's, he's messed it all up. And he sort of leaves the room in embarrassment when actually he's done you know, this, very kind of, this very touching, gentle thing of actually just telling the truth. So there's a lot to be learned there from uh, how to handle in difficult situations. Um, again, there was the notion uh, and the portrayal of uh, perhaps what is uh, commonly referred to as difficult patients or difficult families when the elderly gentleman and, and, and the young woman were confronting the neurosurgeon demanding uh, specific um, course of, of treatment for, for their relatives. So, so what can we learn from that? Uh, it's tricky because um, when we as medical practitioners perceive people or patients as being difficult, it's, you know, I said we're seeing it you know, through the wrong through the wrong end of the telescope, aren't we? And uh, the way that the scenes worked out in the film in the end, um, we were trying to strike a balance between showing the the relatives raging against the inevitable and also the, the, having the, the character of the surgeon really trying to be a good person and trying to do the best thing in the best interest of his patient uh, in very tricky circumstance. And I think in the end you end up with a scene which is uh, everybody on screen is trying to do the right thing. It's just they all have different definitions. And um, you have to ask yourself, I think, you know, watching the film, well, who do you sympathise with? Who, you know, who really does have the best interest of the patient at, at heart? You know, how can we know? That's one of the speeches that um, one of the characters has in the film. He says, well, I, you know, I... I don't know what my wife would have wanted because we never discussed it. And he asked the surgeon, you know, do you discuss this with your wife every evening? Do you just specify how many weeks do I, shall I be on a ventilator before you turn it off, darling? Six weeks, 12 weeks, just tell me, write it down and I'll do it. So I, I'm not sure that I can offer any glib answers. It's just, it's a little sort of window into the dilemmas that we face. I think one of the beauties of the issues that are uh depicted in the film is that it opens more questions than answers and, and it is a great starting point for for a dialogue we use the film um, particularly waiting as a means of uh, trying to find out ways and means of, of dealing with different situations in different circumstances now i'd like to move on to a different part of the film which is the doctors as having private and personal lives and, and, and issues, as well as their professional lives, and, and especially what we're seeing at the moment in terms of uh, doctors uh, going into strike or the NHS uh, for the hours of pay and so forth. And uh, to live in it up, I'd like to ask you about your personal life and the creative side um, in writing films uh, and how that added to your life. I mean, I... Uh... We talked about this briefly earlier, that having um, a job in medicine, it, it can be a great opportunity to compartmentalise your life, I think. So I work, I work two days a week in the clinical sector. Um, 
And then I have three days a week where in between looking after the children, I can dedicate myself to writing. It's a very, very um, lucky position to be in. Anesthesia is one of the specialties that lends itself to this kind of flexibility because we don't have continuity of care. So you can do your best for your patient um, you know, very intensely for a brief period. And then, you know, you smilingly wave them goodbye and, you know, hope not to interfere in their care again. So it, it lends itself to this, um, uh, this well, work-life balance, I suppose you could call it. I, I don't like the phrase work-life balance because it implies that work is not a part of life, doesn't it? Which is, you know, uh, uh, very inaccurate. It should be life-life balance, I suppose. The, the film is, is great, raising lots of uh, of, of the uh, issues and themes we discuss, but in a very light-hearted and, 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 and very real and realistic way, but again, not... Uh, too dramatic or sentimental or gloomy in a way um thank you very much james it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you today thank you pleasure is all mine many thanks <laughs>